Welcome to the Way Niagara Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Berta, and I am excited to announce that starting today, the Way Niagara Podcast is going weekly. We are getting great feedback from our listeners, and we just want to be a more regular um, part of your lives, and we hope that you are a part of our lives and our community as well. And so we are really excited to go weekly. So every Thursday on whichever platform that you are listening on, and I would encourage you to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and at our website, wayniagara.ca. And but today, we are also going to be starting a series on the book of James. So Steve is going to be joining us a little bit later to talk about the book of James. But before that, I just thought Chris and I could have just some conversations about what's on our minds and just have in, invite you into the kinds of conversations when we're going for a drive or going for a walk. So, Chris, what's on your mind? Hey, Jordan, have you ever hey. been lonely? Absolutely. When you're lonely, Jordan, how do you address that feeling? Probably desperately try to find someone mm. to do something with. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting feature of humanity? It is. Have you ever noticed that lonely people or people that like being lonely, you know, like my wife specifically, and maybe others who are wired like her, who who, who don't necessarily uh, need the energy that they get from being around other people, but do you ever notice that they also, do you know anyone like that who also gets to that point where they're like, oh, I need, I just need some people around me? Ever, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we have certainly have people in our circles that are, we would call more introverted than than extroverted and that are just happy to, um, you know, sit on the sidelines and watch rather than in, dive in and engage in the conversation. But then there's also a point where I do get a certain amount of energy from people and enjoy spending time in relationships. Very much so. But I also get to a point where I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, after a long couple days of interaction, I need a day just to be alone and to be quiet and to sleep in. And so, and I think part of that, people talk about whether you're an extrovert or an introvert or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that I think every human being needs time with people mm-hmm. and valuable relationships, mm-hmm. but also all people need times of quiet mm-hmm. and solitude and you may lean more to one than the other, mm. but your mental health isn't going to be very good if you only have one. Right. Because if you're always with people and you're always active, there isn't that time for that introspection. There might not be that time to mm. hear from God in, in those kind of personal ways. But if you're only in your own head and you're only by yourself, you're lacking something as well. And so I think it's important to be intentional about having both Mm -hmm. now i've got a question for you chris sure have you ever been in a room full of people but still felt lonely Hmm. i can't say that i have yeah no i don't think so but i definitely understand that there's a difference between being an introvert and extrovert and feeling loneliness oh for sure so I would I want to just just draw that distinction that like you can be an introvert or an extrovert 
and be happy in those those roles and drawing energy in the different ways but loneliness can exist in both of those worlds but back to your thought no i i can't remember a time where i've been in a room where i felt lonely but maybe because my superpower is adhd and uh everything is interesting so there, there's always a new thing to 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 go through like to look to look yeah, to absolutely like even like uh you know the posters on the walls and places can be so interesting to me and and uh you know when i was thinking like sitting in the doctor's office you know you're surrounded by people that no one really wants to talk or whatever and you're looking at these incredible posters and and just the there's so much energy that went into the design and you wonder about this lonely grandma and that's on the picture there and what she's going through and needs all these different shots that they're offering and sometimes i'm like so engaged in looking at the pictures and studying the different things in the office that when my you know i'm called to come in i'm kind of a little disappointed because it's like oh i was so interested in all these different things and seeing seeing kind of the the things around me taking it all in and uh, a little bit of that is the adhd and a little bit of that is just uh, curiosity and i don't have the stats on hand with me but i know that loneliness is becoming such an issue Mm -hmm. that the british government actually appointed a minister of loneliness (laughs) to try to find solutions um to that growing concern now that's an interesting time of loneliness minister of loneliness it's almost like a cool band album's title or something right? <laughs> we should yes yeah, yeah. start a band jordan and i have a future album coming out <laughs> minister of loneliness but i had this interesting uh, thought because a lot of people talk about loneliness like it's a pro- like a defect or a problem like when you feel lonely it's like it's a it's a you problem that there's something deeply wrong with the inside of you because you are feeling lonely and if you are feeling lonely listening to this podcast i want you to hear today that loneliness isn't a defect it's a design feature and that you were created to feel lonely you were created to be in fellowship with not only god but with a other human and you look at the story of adam and eve right God created man to fellowship with God. And then God saw that man needed a partner and gave him a partner to journey with. And so part of our design is to feel lonely. But the beauty of loneliness is that it drives you to wanting to connect with others. The problem is that we as a society have put up so many walls, right? We've created so many things that make it feel like, oh, going to church is inaccessible. It's hard to join a group. It's hard to get engaged in the community. And way here, we've we've let down a lot of those walls. We've given you many different options um, at this point. You know, there'll be four different significant ways that you can stay connected to our community. And I really want to combat loneliness. And do you know what one of the most incredible counters to loneliness is? Community. Community. And being in community in discipleship. So discipleship is actually a counter to loneliness. Because you have people to walk with. So when we talk about discipleship, and this is at the core of what Way Niagara is, 
we are a disciple-making movement. Disciple-making does not mean joining a program and learning how to uh, do the disciplines of our faith in a classroom setting. Discipleship is walking hand-in-hand. Well, maybe you don't want to touch each other, but walking shoulder-to-shoulder around the track, you know, doing breaking bread, going to different functions, spending, sacrificing a little bit of your time for somebody else. And when you sacrifice that time for somebody else and you start to talk and ask questions or have questions, answer questions, you become so much sharper and so much more encouraged and the loneliness goes away. And so we, at Way, we invite you into the discipleship relationships here. A discipleship relationship it goes both ways. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron, right? A good, sharp uh, uh, iron sword can sharp, sharpen another iron sword by rubbing them together. That's like the process of grinding and sharpening. What's incredible is that that speaks to us. Like, I need to be in a discipleship relationship with somebody as much as they need to be discipled. I need to learn from that relationship as much as they need to learn from what I have to offer. So if you're lonely and you want to reach out to way, we have multiple channels. We have multiple different pastors, but specifically if you just are looking for help, would you reach out to me, the lead pastor here at way Niagara? And my email is chris at wayniagara.ca. And I would love to connect with you or also connect you with any of our local regional pastors. These guys are incredible. They have such a passion to see lives changed and to minister to circumstances that are painful for people. So here at Way Niagara, we take walking with you seriously. That is really good. And this is honestly the kind of community I've looked for for a long time. And it has been an honor and I am excited to continue to walk the journey and and I hope to for our listeners at the podcast is actually a little bit of a sample of what those interactions can be like we are really wanting to make these conversations as natural as possible we are not just producing content to just say hey look listen to, we like listening to the sound of our own voice we are really wanting to demonstrate what good conversation can be And so we are excited in this new season to have more voices on the show. You'll hear from Chris and I regularly, but we are going to have a lot of voices that are going to come on and be a part of this conversation together. And I really do hope that you join us now in just a moment. We're going to start our series on the book of James right after this. Over the past number of months, we have been meeting every other Thursday night at the West Lincoln Community Center. And it has been a really good experience so far, but we are excited in October to launch something new and exciting with some new friends and new faces at Way. So Chris, why don't you tell us about that? Yes, uh, starting October 12th at 7 p.m. at the West Lincoln Community Center will be our official wellness groups, which will be led by uh, uh, Agora Network. They'll be there to help uh, 
our teams and our people walk through just a discussions around mental health with a kind of an undertone of, of apologetics, just explaining, you know, how the Bible supports uh, the thinking around mental health these days and encourages us to um, embrace mental health and to challenge mental health and to find ways to find footing through our faith in the journeys of mental health. And I think this is really important because we all have our own mental health. Right. And that could be positive. That could be negative. That could be experiences that we're going through in the moment. That could be things that we've dealt with in the past. That could be concerns or even excitements about the future. We're talking about the full picture of mental health, not Mm -hmm. just particular problems or issues. That way, we really do care about the whole person. And we talk about physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and community health. Mm -hmm. And this is a really important piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And after we go for a walk. There's a walking track at the community center and it has just been a really great time to just be able to fellowship and to talk in a more informal way. And so we really do hope that you can make it out there. For more information, go to wayniagara.ca. We are going to kick off with the book of James. So, Chris, let's get started. Yeah, I just want to make sure that people who are tuning in have an understanding that this James series we're doing is exclusively online content. Uh, You will find it here on the podcast, but also on our social media platforms. And we really want to make uh, the study of James available to everyone who is in our circles Uh, No matter what of our touch points uh, you attend, whether it's a church service, it's a uh, the meeting at the uh, the wellness meeting at the arena, or you're just strictly a podcast listener, we want you to engage this content um, exclusively through the podcast. So, uh, welcome podcast listeners to the Book of James. This is going to be exciting. I think so. what I love about James is that he has such an incredible uh, backstory to who he is, uh, how he got to where he is. And so I think for this podcast, maybe we won't dive completely into scripture right away, but we'll start to look at the life of James and draw testimony from who he was and see how that uh, we can use that to shape ourselves spiritually and so i'm curious um do either of you guys know any of james's nicknames off the top of my head james the just yeah and then i'd have to check my notes but i think jesus the righteous was another or not jesus james the righteous yeah and so he he had a really funny one that he was called kind of by his contemporaries which was james the less would you like to be known as Steve or Jordan the less? <laughs> if it's compared to Jesus, I guess. <laughs> I'm probably known that in some circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, picture, picture what scenario today using the word the less attached to yourself means, right? Like, I think if you use that, like, yes, I am James the less. You might even be like, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, I, I'm so humble, and you're like, but you just told me you're humble and therefore negating your humility, right? It's kind of like the same idea. Oh. Well, I had someone once tell me that they pride themselves in their humility. <laughs> <laughs> so we better kind of watch out yes. with that. But here's the thing. So James the Less 
When they call him the less, this was an old-fashioned way of communicating that he was the younger brother. Okay, so when they say James the less, they're talking about he's the younger brother of Jesus. Isn't that cool? So today we're going to learn and hear about James, the younger brother of Jesus. And I'm sure like in your minds, we're kind of, you're hearing all of these, uh, you know, these thoughts about like, what would it be like to grow up with the Messiah as your older brother in the household? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I'd be in trouble all the time. You know, like the standard of perfection is real high, right? Well, I'm just thinking about a new Christmas song. James, did you know that you're big brother? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's kind of wild. And uh, he, they had other brothers, too. There was Jude, Joseph, and Simon, who were all brothers. And um, I'm just I just curious, like, what would it have been like to grow up in that household with the Savior of the universe sleeping in the bed next to you? I thought about that. I don't think you would be able to understand that in your mind. I don't think you'd be able to fully grasp it. Yeah. And I think maybe we see that with James because he's not really involved with anything Jesus is doing yeah. until after the resurrection when he shows himself to him. That's right. Isn't that wild? Like, he's not hes not a disciple. Like, he's not one of the dudes following Jesus around uh, as he's preaching town to town and witnessing the miracles firsthand. He's more likely to have shown up at the, the Pentecost moment. Mm-hmm. And, and been there maybe gathered in that room when jesus just apparates in the middle after his resurrection it's like hey here i am guys you're talking about me and you know they, they look at his hands and they look at his wounds and they're like it is you right um and there's an incredible story there that you know we can preach sermons on later but i think that that the, the life of james whatever he experienced post his brother's death was so life-changing so radical that it mirrors our life-changing radical experience and so i I view as as a as an organization like we love testimony that way right like testimony is what fuels us so i picture james being like this like pinnacle of testimony i mean he knew jesus through and through and then maybe the doubts that you would have like if your brother told you special you're like okay sure you are Right? Yeah. You know, uh, certainly having had a brotherly experience, I can say like, you know, there's times where like, you're like, oh yeah, my little brother. Oh, okay. My little brother can do this thing, right? Like you, you really start to realize like that there's potential in another individual that's greater than your own potential in ways. Right. And, and that might be shocking, uh, from a human standpoint. And so for, for the book of James, we're setting up a story of, a, of a, t- a person who had a personal, deep and intimate relationship with Jesus the man. Experienced Jesus, the resurrected Savior, and would later give up his life to serve his risen Savior, who just happened to share the same bedroom as he did. How stunning of a story is that, right? And so we find James in a place of leadership, probably elevated because of his position to Jesus, but also fiery. Like what we're going to learn here is so incredible. And so episode one, 
we're looking at the author. You can call this about the author if you want to have a title. But it looks like this. James, and this is to quote Chuck Swindoll, if you uh, know the old preacher Chuck Swindoll, says, James looks a bit like an Old Testament book of Proverbs, but dressed up in New Testament clothes. Now, James is referred to as an epistle. Do you guys know what an epistle is? The wife of an apostle? That's it, yes. No. <laughs> in fact, there are 21 epistles in the New Testament. Do you know what an epistle means? I have been told many moons ago, and it is so gone. <laughs> epistle just simply means letter. Right. Yeah. It's a letter written uh, by a New Testament, New Testament apostle to a specific regional church or to a person or a people while that apostle was influenced by the Holy Spirit to impart spiritual guidance and wisdom. I think we need more epistles. I would love that. Just uh, sometimes our, our platform of Facebook is not the place for those things. You know, we actually were just le- reading someone's epistle from their position at a church and, and having come out the other side of some trials and uh, it was pretty eye-opening. So not not encouraging it necessarily, but I'm I'm thinking we need to be a little bit more intentional about what we write to people, mm-hmm. our tonal language, and how we uh, reflect our spiritual um, maturity. Well, and this is something that's really important in my work at Crossroads. Like part of my role actually is to help share the impact stories of you know people that call in or email. Because I think part of, part of the Christian life is to, to share what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that means that it, a situation went from a really challenging thing to some kind of victory. But that, even that's a process. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's like, yay, this thing happened. Yes, I got the house that I've been, I've been really wanting. Now I just need to make sure that I keep my job and can afford to pay the mortgage, mm. right? And so testimonies are ongoing. That's why I say this because even when we are celebrating the work that we are doing, that God is doing in our lives, we also need to remember that that doesn't stop. Mm. And sometimes there's some real high highs and there's some real low lows, and the epistle of our life includes all of it mm-hmm. and not to glaze over the challenges not but not to dwell on them either yeah it's to have a full picture and it's just really fascinating just to hear people's stories i love hearing people's stories because they inspire me mm. and bring comfort bring guidance at times and it just great that in this world where we have technology and to be able to share those things. But what's amazing about James is that he could write this and 2000 years later, it is still preserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I really like, sometimes I look back at like my Facebook posts, like, you know, on this day, 13 years ago, you said this and I'm thinking, I'm hoping that's not preserved for 2000 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But oh, young Jordan! But it is <laughs> great mm-hmm. that these words of James are being shared with us, and we're getting to see 
just such great perspective from James the Less. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So did you know, and this is really relevant, relevant to us, um, that James was a co-lead apostle, which means like him and Peter together led the Church of Jerusalem. So if you want to know about like the the target audience of the Book of James, it is written to the church assembled in Jerusalem is written to the Jews. Uh, Peter and James together kind of were like the apostles to the Jews, where Paul would identify his ministry as being the apostle to the Gentiles, right? So they 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 tonally can feel different because one is dealing with people who kind of have no religious upbringing or one that's from like a very counter uh, theological background like it's they might be from a a culture that has multiple gods or or demands ritual sacrifice or something to that degree and uh, whereas James and Peter got to lead a church that was established already they're preaching the same scriptures that those people have known since they're birth but they're saying that hey look that messiah that we've been prophesying has come and his name is jesus and he's bringing a new heaven and a, and a new earth in the end and and whether they they had that revelation yet or not they had an understanding that you know jesus was going to return and that meant the coming of uh, an eternal messiah right so they're co-leading this church in jerusalem could you, as church planters, which the three of us are, could you imagine being there at the start of this? They hit the ground running. Yeah. I mean, look at the start of the church right in Jerusalem. Like, they're gathered. You know, it's the day of Pentecost. And they're, they're just kind of in a room, gathered. Uh, and Peter emboldened by the Holy Spirit gets up to speak right and then the Holy Spirit shows up with tongues of fire and like a strong wind and they start speaking in in different languages and the whole entire church is birthed in this one moment and this is the church now that you know Peter was there at the standing up at the Pentecost James was definitely there, but you think about it like this, like, James wasn't even spoken of, right? This is like, we all know Peter. He's got some hilarious backstory throughout the Gospels. And here's James just, like, going to join Peter as a co-leader. Yeah, it's a big jump from being not spoken of to leading the show with somebody else. Yeah. It's interesting. They had a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like they they are speaking not from a perspective of academics or thought. Right. As much as they're talking from a place of experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's of no surprise to me that when such a radical event like the resurrection of Jesus, that things took off that quickly. Yeah. Because it was the most amazing event that the world has ever seen. 
and they were the witnesses of it. Mm-hmm. And having been the witnesses of it, they become an authority in it in speaking about it. And so it's, you know, when we're doing this, there's, a, yes, we've had our own experiences with Jesus. And if you ever want to hear about those, please send us an email. We'd love to connect with you, podcast at wayneagra.ca, or you could email any one of us. Um, but there's, for us, we're looking 2,000 years back. Mm-hmm. We are relying on the stories of James and Peter and Paul and all of them to give us that context for the most amazing event of human history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it, he got one book written and then he was he was killed, he was martyred, right? Um, do you guys want to know the story of his, his martyrdom? Have you, have you heard it? Go ahead. So James... Um, and this is, there's many different accounts of this, but he was basically, um, in a fit of rage, uh, the, uh, the temple leaders and the Sanhedrin basically gathered him up, uh, when he was preaching, uh, and took him to the pinnacle of the temple. So the top spire of the temple and they threw him off. Off the temple, into the streets, and it says that there's a count that says he 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 survived the fall, right? And so there's there's this other guy. His name is Hegesippus the Nazarene, and he wrote in in his. So these are these are early Christian writers from around the 60 A.D. era, through 60 to 80 A.D. There's there's a few of them that you can actually research and, and look at their work. But basically, what he says is, is that there was a man in the crowd once James had fallen. Uh, who was a fuller, which was a person who basically like, if you, you would bring them your laundry and they would clean your laundry. So they had these clubs that they would use to like beat the laundry to like dry and make them soft and whatever. So he was this, he was a fuller. So he took out the club, which he uses to beat the clothes and he struck James on the head and killed him. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And so then they go before like the regional uh, you know, powers that oversee them and basically say, oh, you know, he was accused under our law of all these things and, and they lied. And uh, what, it caused an incredibly huge split, split in the Jewish Sanhedrin at the time because there were supporters. That, I mean, he was called James the Just that said he's, he's, he was right. He was telling the truth. He wasn't all of these things. And so actually... This was the beginning of, of the crumbling of the Sanhedrin, was this act of James's murder. And um, it stands on record to be like the, the separating uh, movement or moment um, for their movement of, of the de- decline of the Jewish Sanhedrin and the rise of the Christian church. It's a pretty wild one. Someone has to die for the church to start to rise. Yet another Bible story I am very happy to have not personally witnessed. Yeah. Absolutely. Or been a part of. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's, 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 you're, we get this incredible book that we're about to, to dive into. It just has some of the most rich text in the entire 
scripture and is described as a version of Proverbs redressed for the New Testament church. And his life is so short, right? His story begins with like being the brother of Jesus and ends with being the, the martyr that the church needed to subdue some trust in the Sanhedrin, but also to restore a, a fiery vigor to the church to pursue Christ even more. And so we're about to enter the book of James. And James starts like this. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered throughout the Gentile lands. Greetings. So not only do we discover in his like intro that James uh, identifies himself as a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, we discover that he's not just writing to the church in Jerusalem, but that he's writing to all Jews, to the 12 tribes scattered throughout the Gentile lands, right? Because they're under Gentile leadership and control. And his first words to them are, sup, yeah. greetings, <laughs> right? I like this guy. I like his energy. And I hope you will uh, tune in next week to hear more as we dig into James. This is the best cliffhanger ever. But we are going to let it we're going to let it stay there. We are so grateful that you are listening and we are excited to go to weekly episodes so next week on your favorite platform subscribe so that you can hear more uh, from the life and the book of james and also just a reminder if you go to wayniagara.ca or on social media everything about our wellness groups and services and everything that we're doing um, is there so feel free to um, follow us on those channels thank you so much for tuning in bye for now <laughs>